Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 36, verses 2 through 7. Moses then called Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill, everyone whose heart was stirred to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the offerings that the Israelites had brought for the work of constructing the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning, so that all the skilled workers who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task being performed, and said to Moses, These people are bringing much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command, and word was proclaimed throughout the camp, no man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for what they had already brought was more than enough to do all the work. Had I known that Larry would be in such fine form and strong voice today, I would have had him preach. Good morning, congregation. The sermon, as I suspect, is on the screen behind me, is entitled, An Embarrassment of Riches. An embarrassment of riches. I had a different sermon planned for this week. Uh, But then on Tuesday, as we had our Tuesday Bible study, we're nearly finished with the book on spiritual gifts. And an energy infused our Bible study as we discussed the workplace types of gifts and the application of those gifts that God has given to us. Each person seemed to be more excited than the next as we did our Tuesday Bible study. You might check it out sometime. We've got more than enough room on our Zoom connection for whoever joins us. But as I was working with the Tuesday Bible study and we were all climbing higher and higher emotionally and spiritually, I was redirected and I agreed to preach today what we were studying on Tuesday with the proviso being that the members of the Tuesday group would help me by sharing some of their insights. And I did receive some insights. And so you are hearing a sermon preached by a group of six or eight Bible study students that gather on Tuesday. The phrase, an embarrassment of riches, became my title. And this is a phrase that a little research told me came from a play that came out in France nearly 300 years ago in the year 1726. It was actually embedded in the title of the play, An Embarrassment of Riches. And that phrase means that you're being too successful. 
things are going too well for you. You are too gifted or too blessed. Somebody must be missing something for you to have all this blessedness infusing you. <coughs> Embarrassment of riches was my reaction to that Exodus text that was just read. And then Friday came. On Friday, we were in Columbus for a doctor's appointment, and we went with our grandson to vote. Our grandson, Jawan was with us. And on Highway 315, which is always pretty crowded right around 3 in the afternoon, uh, one of our fellow drivers decided that traffic wasn't going quite fast enough. And she swerved so closely in front of me that I didn't know if I could avoid hitting her car. And there was so much traffic that even though I managed not to run into her rear end, another driver by the name of Samantha ran into our rear end and someone into her rear end and someone into their rear end and the knucklehead in front of me went and found two other cars to have an accident with. So we had a seven car pile up on Highway 315. And that's bad news generally, but as I thought about my sermon title and looked at the situation, I immediately concluded it is still true that we have an embarrassment of riches. In fact, right here with seven badly damaged cars, nobody's getting in the ambulance when it came. We are blessed in ways and at times that we don't recognize just how blessed we are. Uh, how can I say that, though, when we look and everywhere we look, people bemoan their struggles, their difficulties, their challenges, even in the church. When people describe their church today, they'll speak of declining offerings, aging members, a shrinking membership, and Fixed incomes is a, I don't know if I've ever heard folks talk about fixed incomes except in church. And my response is often be, someone ought to please fix mine. We say, collectively we say, we're doing the best we can in describing the outcomes of the church. There's just not enough resources to meet the needs. Or we say the church can't accomplish things as we once did. We can't thrive in this generation. People aren't in the church anymore. Our heydays are behind us, we say. I say we are richly blessed. We have access to all that we need. God's loving generosity and compassion for the people of the world is more than enough and is as present as it ever was. We have an embarrassment of riches. To say anything else makes some claims that I don't think we mean to make, but we are 
announcing to ourselves and to the world that God is inadequate. God has let us down. And regularly, God breaks promises to the people of God. We don't intend to say that, but when we keep describing our situation as unable to handle the challenges that face us, we are shortchanging our understanding of our God. Maybe the text will help us. The text that Larry read in Exodus speaks in part about Bezaliel and Ohaliab, but it goes beyond that. It says the Lord blessed with every craft, every artisan skill, the, and even granted these two men the ability to teach all that so that as it goes down the list, if you needed a craftsman to fix a, a faucet or to decorate a room or to uh, tuck point the bricks and the masonry, there was somebody there who could do whatever you needed to do. And that's important because they're getting ready to construct the tabernacle of God. And in preparing for that tabernacle, they solicited an offering. You've never heard of such a thing, have you? They solicited an offering. We're going to build a tabernacle to our God, and we have some resources, but we're going to need more. So give generously for the building of this tabernacle, which will be a tribute to our God. And they gave, and they worked, and they built. They kept working, and the people kept giving. And then an outrageous thing came before the people. Moses gathered the people. First, the construction folks went to Moses and they said, tell them to stop. They're giving too much. We don't need all this giving in our community. Make them stop. We don't have any cost overruns. There are no construction errors in our project and there's no missed deadline. Stop this offering. It's embarrassing. We have an embarrassment of riches. Now contrast that with what we've been talking about, the struggles and the fact that even when I took Economics 101, they described economics as the, uh, uh, the effort to manage finite resources in the face of infinite demand. The definition of economics says we will never have enough. But God is still blessing. And the story about Ohaliab and, and his friend is a story about our God who always has enough who will always provide enough. And we need to revisit all of those things that we say that we intend to be accurately describing our limitations and involve us inadvertently selling God short. 
unintentionally saying to ourselves and each other and the world around us, God does not have enough blessings to manage our need. The story tells us that we, instead we live with an embarrassment of riches and God keeps blessing us and God still has more than enough. Now, I skipped a verse, but we need that verse to understand. Bazaliel and Ohaliab and every skillful person to whom the Lord has given skill and understanding and to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. That's the part that says what makes it work is you're doing it God's way. That's the part that says what makes it sufficient is that God has no limits. That's the part that allowed the people of Israel to succeed and to have an overabundant offering. Uh, our financial officers, let me look around. Where are Cena? Do we have too much money? Our situation resides in verse 1. It's said if you do it God's way, it says that if you do it by the power of God, it says that if you are faithful, God will be faithful and you will have to tell the folks, hold back a little bit with all of this giving. If that's not our experience, it is not the case that God has failed us. It is the case, not necessarily that we have failed God, but we have not trusted enough. We have not connected enough of our giving to our doing. We can live just like the folks in the text if we do, just like the folks in the text and trust God and allow God to trust us. It still applies. God is still sufficient. We still have an embarrassment of riches but only if we are faithful to God's will. 